buds. My friends, my pals, new friends, old friends, enemies, lovers. I have one lover. Hi, Jill. <laughs> Welcome back to another week of One More Round with me, your host, Trisha Black. The show where I sit down with a variety of guests and have a drink or two or three. It's kind of like an East Coast kitchen party, except that kitchen this week is in my living room and the party is the conversation. This week we have not one guest, but two very special guests. They're wonderful, lovely, talented improvisers here in Toronto, Coco and Daphne. And our conversation was so delightful, and you'll get to meet them here in a few minutes. We talked improv. We talked knowing people and forgetting when you met them because you feel like you've known them forever. And we talked, of course, a lot about Game of Thrones, <laughs> which was very fun for me because I haven't watched Game of Thrones in a very long time. So it was a nice recap of a beautiful memory of Game of Thrones, minus that last season. To me, it just fell right off. I don't believe it was a good season. They really uh, let go of some amazing character work that they had going with some of the main characters. And, you know, all in all, just wasn't overly happy about how it ended. It felt rushed. I think a lot of fans felt that same thing. You know, you watch a show and you become so invested in it for so long and that's how you're going to do it? That's how you're going to end it? Oh, come on. I, I think if we, as a collective of Game of Thrones fans, all sat down, I think we could probably bang out a rockin' final season. And I'm sure there's some amazing fan fiction out there, so if you know of any, or people who are doing some cool cool Game of Thrones uh, sketch or fanfic or anything, let me know. Uh, <laughs> slap them in the comments, because <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> Uh, but Game of Thrones, again, really good. You know, it's another show that is phenomenal, is Below Deck. Yes, I am on my Below Deck journey uh, still, <laughs> for those of you who care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think I just talk about Below Deck nonstop now. It is my life. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay to have a show that you just put on and you don't care about uh, very much that is just pure entertainment and you don't have to think and you can just fall into the drama that is other people's lives <laughs> who make a shit ton of money oh my gosh they make so much money it's insane uh, <laughs> how's everyone's week how's everyone doing my week you know it's been pretty good I've been staying at my girlfriend Jill's house for the last week and that's been lovely to spend lots of time with her and uh, you know her her cat and my dog do not get along uh, her cat's name's Ruthie very cute tabby cat I love her she's just little reminds me of my cat that I had when I was little names I called her Samantha I don't know why Samantha was the choice so we didn't call her Sammy we didn't call her Sam. We just simply called her Samantha. Uh, full name. And uh, <laughs> she was my cat when I got her. But then over time, at some point, my mom kind of took ownership of the cat. And Samantha and I got along really well when we first got her, when she was a kitten. My mom was scared because we got along so well that she was scared because Samantha used to sleep on my face at night, and so I think my mom thought she was going to smother me by accident because she, we were we loved each other. Then as Samantha got older, um, she got meaner, and she used to, we used to have this, like, 
really long stairwell up to our like bedroom area, like the second floor in our house. And she used to chase me up those stairs, chase me and like, like tear at my ankles. And I'd be like, Samantha. And my mom would be like, get along with your sister. And I was like, I don't have a sister and I'm only child. This is a cat. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that's my experience was with cat. Now cats. Now when she got, older she became very loving again and it was very nice and she lived I think 22 years you know and it was sad when we lost Samantha Um, so Ruthie reminds me of Samantha same kind of energy like very sweet but also gotta watch out a little bit sometimes but my dog Maggie who's like a large border collie Labrador whippet kind of mix you know the vet said she was going to be 40 pounds and now here we are she's 80 uh (laughs) but they don't get along super well because Ruthie hides under the couch so it scares uh Maggie and Maggie I think every time because she's a dog and sometimes forgets where she is uh (laughs) is terrified of Ruthie every time like clockwork and Sometimes I'm like, Maggie, you know she's there. She's the size of your head. Uh, so that's been something we've been trying over the last few months to uh, get them accustomed to each other. But it is taking some time. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully they'll get to know each other a little bit better and, and love each other. And today in Toronto, there was tornado warnings. I feel like I said this last week that I was like, there could be a tornado in Toronto, but I'm not sure. And there were actual warnings. It was full Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton twister out there. And it was a bit scary. And my and Maggie was terrified again. Another thunderstorm for my poor girl to be scared of. <laughs> also, I have new bonus episodes coming out that I'm calling A Nightcap with Trisha Black, where I just discuss things, all pop culture that I've I've been, I've come in contact with or have enjoyed through the week. And that'll be things like music, uh, reality TV, old nostalgic movies, things that we all love, uh, where I welcome everyone to listen in and discuss uh, with me um, Uh, Once a month, we're going to be doing them live, and that starts next Sunday, July 26th, with my OG guest, Mr. Tom Hearn. Uh, We're going to be talking everything Britney Spears, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, And I think I have spoken long enough off the top here, and I think it's time for us to go to my delightful, wonderful interview that I had with the wonderful Coco and Daphne. So let's go to that now. They are an improv comedy duo based in Toronto, Canada. Together they have performed all over North America, including New York, Boston, and festivals like Brave Festival and Just for Laughs off JFL. They're known for their fresh perspective, slice of life comedy with a lot of black girl magic. I am so grateful that they are here today. I love them both. Please give it up for the wonderful Coco and Daphne. <laughs> what a treat oh this is so nice i'm just truly so excited to have you both here uh when i first started to put this podcast together you were on the top of my list so Aww. it is uh, a pleasure that you're both here uh how are you good oh. good we just watched good. game of thrones yesterday so that was real fun I know I saw your I saw your Instagram story and I love it. So I love Daphne, you've never seen it before? No. So um, she's spoiler free. Yeah. I, I 
Okay, well, I won't say a word. Is winter's coming. And uh, that's it. And I I know (laughs) some stuff. There's things I think I could have predicted. You know, because just because you watch, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a switch here. Uh, My favorite, um, Khaleesi. Yeah, Khaleesi, yeah. I knew she was going to do something badass with the, the dragons. So I'm yeah. very early. Like I just finished season one. So those, I, I saw more. Everybody yeah, saw I you just it, finished season one. <laughs> Everybody I just saw you. This show is very, it, 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 not it bothers me. I become obsessed with it. I go home and I start thinking about it again. I'm like, I would have done it differently. What did he do? So it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of show, course. But I like it. And there's how many? Wait, there's there six seasons? No, there's six more seasons for us six, to watch. I think there's seven seasons. altogether. So I'm very, I'm very. Oh. Well, one of them is super short. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a yeah. season. That's and have you? Short? Yeah, but the episodes are long. They're like 80, mm-hmm. 90 minutes, whatever. So yeah. I mean, I'm very excited to watch this to experience this through Daphne's eyes. Yeah. Uh, and because I've seen <laughs> the show many times, because I rewatched every season every time there was a new one. Uh, mm-hmm. So that I could re-understand everything. So I know exactly when to turn on the camera. On <laughs> the exact moments when the most important, insane things are about to happen. Absolutely. I'm in the corner being like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's so in it. Yeah. Oh, in it. Like you're in it, Daphne. I watched, yeah. those, I watched those stories today and I was like, I would, I would watch an entire show of you watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm- I'm in when I watch a show, I'm not someone, even though I talk a lot, I'm not gonna be talking to people a lot, but I will be like talking to like I feel things. I feel it. So there's times where I would see things and everyone is dying. This show does yeah. not give a fuck who you are, if you're the lead, the second. If you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. So I was really if it's your time, it's your time. <laughs> yeah. I was just like you you you're just gonna die like that. And yeah. So I have to grief uh, the loss of some characters that I really enjoyed. And there, there's a guy that I met for like, um, like five minutes. I'm like, oh, he's very funny. And then he was gone. It's so funny when, when Ned dies, which is a jaw dropper, Daphne mm-hmm. turns Spoiler. to me. She goes, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And that sets a, such a precedent for this entire series, right? It's like no one is safe. And yeah. That's why we love it too, because yeah. you don't know when your favorite character is about to go. Yeah. And I've seen the whole thing and I love it. Like, oh, I'm so excited for you, Daphne. Yeah. <laughs> you have a really exciting journey ahead of you. There, I'm like, now I'm thinking about all of the things that I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? No. Yeah. Yeah, people oh, will message god. me and be like, "Oh my god, wait till she sees this scene. Wait till she sees that scene." And I'm like, "Yep, I know." <laughs> yes. And I'm just, and I want to put this out there into the world if if people are listening and know Daphne or people are watching and know Daphne, do not spoil this show. Oh yeah, do not spoil it. I got so do upset. Not. Her sister told her just like, "Oh, she also." I was like, "Why? Why did she do that?" The same thing. My sister specifically said this girl is a badass. Coco told me that girl's a killer. So you spoiled it more than my sister. <laughs> Not say she's a killer. Yeah, she's, I, said in, I said in the books, the difference between the books and the show is that she drops bodies. And the reason why I told you that is because you were like, oh, she looks like a killer to me because she was given the sword and she'd rather I, fight. I'm than gonna be, be, like, my sister girl. specifically said 
this girl is a badass. She's my favorite. So that's all I got from that. I didn't get anything else. So I which get- character? Aria. Ariel, Aria, Aria, oh yeah. She was, it was her favorite. And then I spoke to my sister. My sister was like, "She's my favorite. She's a badass." And I'm like, "Oh, I like Khaleesi. I really like yeah, Khaleesi. Yeah, Khaleesi. I like Khaleesi too. There's what I love about that show too is that you, I feel like you change characters so quickly as to who you love and then who you're like, oh, I don't like them anymore. And now I love this person and their character development's so cool. Yeah, it's so true because like without getting into it, but there there's one character that I hated through the whole show. And I was like, yeah, you get what you fucking deserve. And then in the end, I was like, oh, I love them now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like that little boy. He's the one I have a lot of problem with. Joffrey? The, oh, yeah. Don't Joffrey. worry. You, you'll never like no, Joffrey. Old, Joffrey is... No. He's a freak. He's a freak of nature. I know this is all... We took your podcast just to talk Stop. about... I love it. This is what this podcast is about, is just chatting with some friends or, like, people that I love that I want to get to know or that I think other people should get to know. And I was going to bring up Game of Thrones anyway because I just watched those stories this morning and I truly was dying in in bed watching them being like i could watch you daphne watch game of thrones but also while listening to coco watch you watch game of thrones (laughs) (laughs) and it just it just like it solidifies what i believe your friendship to be is just this like genuine sweet kind loving people who who just care so much about each other but have this like fa- like familial relationship with each other like you f- like you feel like your family and you yeah when you watch you two whether you're doing an interview or you're just talking at we're chatting at the bar with each other or you are performing on stage like you really have that wonderful quality to the two of you and that's what like I don't know why I keep using the word permeates, but I like the word now. I feel smart saying it. Uh, but it, it it does. It like you can feel it permeates on the stage, and you can feel that energy watching the two of you perform together. And it is such a it's such a joy t- to truly watch you. And you're so um, real on stage too, which I love, and I've always loved since we've met. Which when I feel like I you know when you know people for so long that you're like, when did we meet and how did we meet? Because I, I don't, don't remember, remember actually. Yeah. Because I feel like as long as I've been around, I know you, but I don't know when. I don't know when it started. Yeah, I, I know, know Daphne, either. you and I were in featured players together. Right. Bad Dog. We knew each other from before because I remember. Maybe Second I remember, City. Oh my God, it's not specific, but I remember the old training center mm-hmm. watching you perform on stage. And I remember going, oh, here's Trisha. Trisha. <laughs> so I know I yeah. knew you. <laughs> that, I know. I have, but I can't. This, this is really interesting because Toronto, I can't say Toronto, but for me, since I've been in Toronto, I feel like my the time since I've started performing, everything became like a bubble and nothing. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell. Like, I know where I met Coco. Like, that is very specific in my mind. But a lot of people just feel like, like you, uh, yeah. I just know Trisha. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Forever. In my mind, we've known each other for years. Yeah, and I, I kind of love that years. about. Yeah, I kind of love that about the comedy scene, though. Like Me in Toronto too. specifically, is 
I've always loved that you can walk into like it's like cheers. You can walk into a bar any day mm-hmm. and know someone in there and just sit down and start chatting. And I've always loved that about the Toronto comedy scene. Yeah. Me too. I love it. When I first moved here, and it took me a couple of years to like once I started, I think I've been here a year and then I started doing the musical improv at Second City Toronto. That's which where I, I yeah, I feel where, like yeah. that's probably where we started to like yeah. get to know each other, but I can't yeah. pinpoint the exact moment. But I was starting to do that. And then just to try to get to know people through the community, I would go to like Comedy Bar or Bad Dog or uh, at the time, um, what's the one by Second City? The Roxy, mm. Roxy Bar and stuff. And like just go there. Room. And, Charlotte Room. And, right. Charlotte Room. Yes, it was a Charlotte Room. Now it's Roxy Bar. Yeah. Uh, but I remember just going there and like always running into like one person and then the night would go on till two in the morning and you're just yes. chatting with people and you're having a great time. And I did that. I feel like I did that for so long. Like when mm-hmm. I was yeah. in the Skechersons, I would just go to Comedy Bar on a Monday night to sit at the bar and talk with like Don who was working or whoever was doing a show that night. And it is such a lovely part of the of the community is, yeah. is doing yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is that great? And I I know and I it is really funny. I can't even pinpoint where we met. And and I no, just love but it. I, do I just have, felt like we were close. I do have an image now that you said mm-hmm. Second City Conservatory. I have an image of you in that yellow jacket. The yellow jacket. <laughs> yellow jacket. Mm-hmm. I played I a fisherman. I remember you were singing and I it was so funny because I had seen you perform before, but I don't think I knew that you also uh, sang, song sang, I don't know. You're and, right, sang, yeah. And I saw you on stage and I was like, hold on. Who's that? Trisha is <laughs> funny and could sing? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> what the oh, fuck? So I didn't know that side. I didn't know you were also a singer. <laughs> Coco, I see you sipping on something. What are you sipping on? Oh, I'm drinking uh, a pineapple Rattler. Oh, Ace Hill? Yeah. So they have a box of four, and the Mm -hmm. flavors are pineapple, lime, grapefruit, and lemon cayenne. Ooh. Yeah. So I, yeah. And it's good because I like this because it's, it it literally says beer and juice. So they just put juice in beer. They just put juice in beer. That's all it is. (laughs) So you can drink it when it's flat. You can drink it when it's bubbly. I like it. Okay. That sounds nice. I like that. I like lemon and cayenne because a part of me feels like it's like that. What's uh, that that diet that that everyone does? You just need to put a little bit of, I think it's maple syrup or honey. Maple syrup. Yes. But but it's already got juice in it. So it's like, there's your, there's your (laughs) your maple syrup or honey. It's great. I love that. I'm yeah. having a Woodhouse Pilsner. They're they're close to where my girlfriend lives down in the Brockton Village. I think it's the, or the Brockton Triangle, little Portugal area. They're great. Um, and I, you know, it's the afternoon, and I love a good I love a good afternoon brew because why not? Mm. We're in quarantine and we're living our best life. Yeah. <laughs> Daphne, I know you don't. You're not a big drinker, right? Is that well, is that yeah? It's just I. I if I had to pick between drinking and smoking, I'll go with smoking. So smoking, I am smoking yeah. this sativa. Uh, it's called purple champagne. Uh, and, uh, 
fancy. I, I love. I like um, that name. It sounds so fancy. I like that name. I, I love strand love, names. I would love to be a person who just like come up with a weed strand name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, very interesting. Some of, some of them. There was one that was called Monkey Butt, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> I don't need that. Why would you I know, want that? Okay. <laughs> monkey's monkey's butt or monkey butt? Like, like it doesn't sound tasty. Life. No. It's probably amazing. It's probably like the best strain out there. But Watch just, it. All like that. I'm like, oh. You should have asked me to <laughs> That's come. That's hilarious. I can only do sativas. Can you do sativa and um, indica? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, ideally, I'm a sativa person. Like, even at night, I'm a sativa mm-hmm. person. But um, if someone's smoking indica, I'm not going to say no. Because I am a weed right. person in general. So. Right. But definitely, I'm a sativa <laughs> person. Yeah. Right. So That's good. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're a lot harder to find for. Yeah, they're harder sure. to work on me. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I can only do a sativa. That, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna ask because we were talking about how we how we met, but how did you how how did you two meet? Because you, Daphne, you said you had like a very specific memory of you meeting Coco. Yeah, um, the first time we spoke, I remember I was doing. We were, it was during the Long Form Thursday shows. I had uh, Second City, the old mm-hmm. training center. And I just remember I did a scene. Uh, it was me and my long form group. And during the long form shows, like you would see other sh- group play. And Coco came to talk to me after we were at Rock's uh, Charlotte room. And right. during the sh- during the scene, there's a guy who touched my hair, who was about to touch my hair. And then I kind of <laughs> moved to the side. And then the first thing that Coco said was like, I know this person cut, touch your hair or like I saw you move back when the person touched your hair and then we laughed about it and <laughs> and I'm this is what I remember and then we hung out the rest of the night and Coco is the first one who took me to a comedy comedy show because I didn't know people like I did my classes and then would do the shows and I would leave I didn't know the, com- the community continued right. uh, and I remember the first time she said do you want to go see a comedy show and we, we went to go see Mantown and oh, okay that's what yeah. I mean. How much, how, how correct am I? That's actually really accurate. <laughs> That's actually really <laughs> accurate. I mean, like, uh, just to add to that, we had seen each other in shows before, but that was like the first time that we spoke, spoke. And I just remember she was playing a character named Trixie <laughs> and it was a cocktail party scene. And, you know, she was like this, you know, as, as we all do yeah. like this, stirring our drinks. And then... And then the guy, this guy tried to touch her hair. And she was like. <laughs> and there was like, like in the, like in the scene. Yeah. But it didn't really, it didn't even add to the, um, there was no reason for that. No, no. It was just Whatsoever. a person trying to touch a black woman's hair. And I think we were the Get only out. two. I want to say we were the only two black women in long form at that time. And there was no yeah. And we were not in the same, like, we were not in the same, like, she was in a class and I was in the right. al- alumni group. So imagine what that gap is between Black yeah. women. And then... Um, huge. But of course, she was, like, so funny and so amazing. And then uh, and then she was talking to one of my friends, Jason, from Jay and Cokes. Like, that's okay. my sketch yeah. partner. And... Um, and they were talking at, at the at the Charlotte room. I remember exactly where you guys were sitting. You guys were sitting in the corner that was near the kitchen door. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Were, yeah, and they were sitting. And then I was like mingling with people. And then I came and I was like, so? And then I started talking <laughs> to her. And then we discovered 
like that we both spoke French. And then we found out that we lived down the street from each other in Scarborough. Yeah. So that night, because she, she was like, oh, I got to go now because I have to take the bus. It's going to be 90 minutes. And I was like, where do you live? And she goes in Scarborough. And I was like, where? And then she's like, oh, Victoria Park and Shepherd. I was like, shut up. I live at Kennedy and Shepherd. Stay. I'll take you home after. Took her home. We ended up talking till 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. In the car. In the car. Oh my god! She had to work at nine. She was like, whatever. And and then after that, we were kind of inseparable after that. And, and there was a moment where we, like, I believe that a lot of friendships go through this. And it's not a friendship if you don't really go through trials and tribulations. And, mm-hmm. and it's not to say we had difficult moments. Well, every friendship has difficult moments. But yes, of course. We took a bit of, we, we took a, bit of a break because after like maybe like a year of doing this of like like you know watching shows and hang out all the time I was burning out just in general and then I took I took like a leave of absence (laughs) we were not a duo yet right you were just it was just a friendship at this point yeah it was just a friendship and we were watching everything right Mm -hmm. like BCIF happened we watched everything and so wow and and I was also driving right and so I burned out and then I I took a bit of a break and then uh and then I entered con and then we were like okay let's do something let's actually do something so then we started like our friendship rekindled and then we started also wanting to work on a project together and then so now that I look back so our Facebook page starts January 2014 because I was just like I'm just gonna take the Facebook page now that's what I like to do I'm like <laughs> yes I'm like take oh, it get it thing? I'm just gonna take the Facebook page so I did that that's the reason why we celebrate like Jan- in January mm-hmm. as our official start it's because right. of the Facebook page but we actually started close to like six months before that Okay. And yeah, and then cuz cuz I know we did the December show together if I recall correctly. But anyway, so we started working together and sort of training and then the rest is history as the rest is history. Yeah. 2014, that's crazy. I also love that you were like I just need to take a leave of absence from this friendship for a second because we're having too much fun and I'm burning out. <laughs> Like what a be- like even though you were like we have trials and tribulations, I was like, I don't know if that's a trial or a tribulation. It's just like I'm just exhausted because we have such a lovely time but together. It, but this was the truth. We were having I know. so much fun. And I was like, I'm really tired. I that, really need a break. Of course and of course you're if you're out watching shows every night, your yeah. brain is like it you get so full so fast. And I feel yeah. like in this in this community and in this like industry, we have this need to constantly be taking in um, new things so that we can better our craft and better yeah. our performances. But then after a while you're like there's only there's only so much improv. Yeah. That you can yes. truly that you can truly watch without being because yeah. like, when I I lived in Chicago for like a year with my friend Justin Ooh. Collette oh, and we Justin. yeah I know he's so sweet he's one, like my best friend I've known him for like fifteen years and we I lived in Chicago for like a year love that guy I know me mm-hmm. too he's he truly is yeah. I just I love him shout yeah. out to my sweet boy but but we watched shows every night because we couldn't work or do anything mm-hmm. and we watched shows mm-hmm. and I remember by the end when I was leaving I was like I'm beat. Like yeah. this was a lot, and like while it was so fun, but it is it does take a lot, a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
And um, also, like, I'm, I'm like, Daphne is an extrovert. Like, Daphne is an extro introvert. I'm an intro extrovert. Right. Like, we both have both sides, but my dominant is an introvert. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, being around people for that much, like, that much for that long, I was like, mm-hmm. I-, I can't. Like, because with every time you go out, you have to talk to everybody. Then you have to be like, bye, bye. And I'm like, uh, peace, I'm out. I'm out. I, yeah. Type of person. And Daphne's like, oh, what? What happened? Da, da, da. And I would always have to leave and come back and be like, we're going. And then she's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then she'll talk, like start three three other conversations. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like how I am too, is like that I have to say goodbye to everybody or that was me. And now I just go, okay, bye. <laughs> just peace out. And it's also because, you know, when I remember at the time, um, I was so happy to have found that part of the like, first of mm-hmm. all I came to Toronto I was so sad because I wasn't performing all I did was work and that's really hard when you're you're coming here for a purpose and mm-hmm. then you're not actors you know it's tough because it's not like there's a book or there's no there's no right way to do it you just gotta do it but what does that mean so mm-hmm. it was at a point where I was like okay I'm, da- I'm taking classes nice I feel this part is opening up. Oh, wait, now there's a community. Wait, there's something about some of these shows mean that you're at another level. Okay, I need to do this. So, And I have trouble um, finding my limits. I could do it until, I don't know, I'm burned out. Like I yeah. keep watching shows, keep being there because I am I think this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So when you get to a point where, if <laughs> when you realize that it's starting to affect your mental, but at the same time, I'm like, no, 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 I came here for a reason. And I'm really like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be watching the show. I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. I need to be better. I need to be better. I'm not. And at a point you're like, you actually need to take a step back and know where are you as a comedian? Where are you mm-hmm. as an improviser? I can't just watch everyone else. And yeah, there was no me time. It was just, I need to be, I need to be out. I need to do this. And the next day I still work a nine to five. And yeah. my nine to five was over 40 hours. Cause I also worked on the weekend. So it was, mm-hmm. All your energy is split between going to work, doing comedy, watching comedy, taking classes, doing, and then creating these bonds. It's yeah, had nothing it's a to lot. compare it to, right? I never, yeah. but they pay off. They pay off later, right? Like we talked about mm-hmm. at the beginning of being yeah. able to walk into Bad Dog, being able to walk into Comedy Bar. I mean, no offense, no one's walking into Second City and doing that, but because <laughs> it's not because it's not like a. It's not, it's not a chill. It's not, no, it's meant for, it's meant for an outer audience to come in and watch the show. It's not for students. Yeah. So in order to have that facilitation now, that took years of bond, like of bonding with different people, like to be able to now go into Bad Dog and be like, yo, what's up, Anders? Because Anders is working. Yo, what's up, Andrew? Because Andrew is working. Whoever's at the box office. Hey, Regine. And you just start chilling with whoever's working and start talking to them. So it's like that is the pre like pre mm-hmm. work of yeah. how we got here yeah. of how we got to where we are absolutely because I I it, it is like I remember there was a time where I was out every night like and I also worked like I worked on eleven to seven four mm-hmm. four to five days a week and then I would rush to like comedy bar bad dog do a quick show yeah. and then stay until like two two thirty in the morning just talking to people trying to make those connections yes. and those and like trying to be like oh who. And also just making friendships, which which is a yeah. big yeah. thing for me. Like, I think, like, I guess, like, 
connecting with people so that you can maybe be on a show and stuff as well. And that networking is important. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, it was like, I just want to get to know these other comedians that I would love to play with yes. as well. But yeah. see, that's the thing. I agree with you so much, Trisha, because I think one mm -hmm. of the things that's very different about the, like, I don't know about all the other scenes, but about Same. like comedy in Toronto and our particular improv mm -hmm. bubble is that the word networking doesn't quite function the same way as it does for other industries. Because I've been to other parties, mm -hmm. TIFF, JFL, where you are just networking and the vibe is very different. I think because um, our base is improv, like our artistic mm -hmm. base is improv, and improv is based on team building, yep. we actually genuinely want to be friends with people because nobody wants to walk into a show and do a six people ensemble and you don't get along with anybody, but you network you your don't. way there. Like that's absolutely not. We've seen those shows. Those shows and are not no, no. fun to watch. <laughs> They're not right? fun. So, yeah. So I do think that what's really special about the improv scene specifically is we are building friendships. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the beginning, of course, like, you know, and Daphne, we've talked about this, viewing it as this is work. Like we're working, mm -hmm. we're building relationships, but we're working. Right. And so yeah. my, my big rule was I don't date in the scene. That was my big rule about, <laughs> like, I was like, I don't date here because I don't Smart. ever want to be in a headspace where I feel I can't enter any of the spaces. Like I worked too hard to get yes. there. And so but everything else, it's like, it's friendship. It is mm -hmm. friendship, right? Because yeah. like, otherwise, like you, again, like as a producer and someone who directs, you want to cast people that you get along with or that you've seen do shows. Like, it's it's not just like, here's a card. You know, I can improvise, right? Right. And you're like, no, I don't actually. <laughs> you're like, and also, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know you that well. Um, but also it is important. Those those connections are important, too, because it definitely, like I said earlier about about you two and watching you on stage, you can see that you can see that joy when you perform with somebody that you actually know or have some sort of um history with it whether it is just like a few hangs or that you just get along with your personality you can really see that especially in improv because mm -hmm. sketch sketch is a little different i guess in that you can yeah. kind of act your way through it if you're yes, a good yeah. actor but improv because you're you're using your brain so much and mm -hmm. so quickly all of the time if you're not having fun with the person you're on stage with it comes across and then the scene dies it it, it yeah. falls flat because yeah. the audience also can tell that you don't like each other. Yes. It's very yes. obvious. We've seen, we, and, we, I'm sure we all have very specific uh, scene that we have seen where you're like, these two don't like each other or these two probably are having not a good day because even the argument in the scene feels like mm -hmm. a real argument. Yeah. yeah. Really yelling yeah. At improv is, it, it, you can't fake improv. No, because it's, I always say like, it's an instinctual art form. It comes from the base and core of who you are. So mm -hmm. even if you're playing a character, the character is based on some kind of instinctual mm -hmm. truth that you know. Yeah. yeah. And which is why, like, one of the things that's happening now is the introspection that is required from the community in order to be able to move forward as mm -hmm. an anti-racist community requ requires introspective work because... You can't just be like, oh, the problem is outside. With improv, mm -hmm. you're using your core and your inner self to improvise. Yep. And so even your, the, the imagination belongs to you. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you have to clean up your 
in herself in order Absolutely. For, for you to be able to like improvise, you know, amicably with the rest of the world, I guess I want to say. But it's like what we had said, like if all you're doing is watching other improv shows, then your scene becomes, starts to become about improv. And like, I mm-hmm. felt like I was getting to a point where I would get on stage sometimes. And I'm sure every artist or every improvisers have been through that where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm using the same character. I don't, cause everything felt like I was only talking to other improvisers. So we were only talking about improv and doing things right. And it's just, you have to bring your life experience on stage. And my life experience on stage cannot just be improv. So then it's like yeah, that weird circle of like, I'm doing improv, but I'm performing about improv and I'm talking to other improvisers. You need to get out of that for a second or just explore yeah. other things. Not even yeah. explore other things. So you can bring some of those experiences. We all need to take a leave of absence. And we all need to take a leave of absence. <laughs> and Here's my pink slip for us. <laughs> Sometimes other people have to tell you to take a leave of absence. Yeah. Take a leave of yeah, absence. But, take a leave but of it's absence. True. Take a leave of yes. absence. Because, because it was through that six months that I was able to reconnect as a comedian for myself. Because I was just yeah. consuming so much improv that what exactly what Daphne said is like my cycle was just improv and the and hu- and a humor that honestly I didn't even understand. Like I don't understand yeah. what other improvisers were doing like my teachers and stuff. I was like, I don't get it, but I know I need to be here. Yeah. (laughs) And then through that six months, cause I actually took an exact six month break. And I remember I took it at the, at the time that you got into con Daphne. And then I was in con six months later. So I took a break. And I think during that six months, I just went and took one class quietly. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to take this one quiet class and not attend shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think and that changed. Me, yeah. No, sorry. I was going to say, sorry, go ahead, Coco. It changed. No, I was just going to say it changed the way that I improvised. That's all I was going right. to say. Right. Well, and that's, that's, that's what I, that, that was next to the point that I was going to say too is like, you, you then like what Daphne said to Daphne's point, you do th- all you're doing is thinking now when you're on stage, you're just thinking, yeah. okay, how am I? Yes. Anding this scene or how am I doing this? And you're being so technical about it mm-hmm. that it's not, it's not fun and it, and you're thinking so much and you can tell and you can see in people's eyes when they're panicked and being like, am I doing it right? Is yeah. this the right way to improvise? Yeah. And you're like, Im- improv is, is honestly like, yes, there are like guidelines and rules to it. I don't like to use rules, but I guess guidelines are better in mm-hmm. that there are things that make a great scene that can mm-hmm. make the scene great. But I think without having bringing in your knowledge of the world and your truth and your experience and also allowing yourself to fail on stage and having that fun and that joy. I don't think you can have a good scene. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. I agree. There's no, I agree. like I, re- I remember there was a point and to follow up what you were saying, Trisha, I would come from work and a lot of my earlier, earlier time in improv, I was on stage with my uh, work card, my, uh, oh, yes. my access card. Because there was, and I remember during that time, everything felt so rushed. Like I finish mm-hmm. work, I need to make sure. And again, I don't drive. So then I have to, I worked at Young and Shepherd, And mm-hmm. then I had to find a way to get to downtown or West End if I'm going to Comedy Bar. And I live in, and I live uh, in Scarborough. So I'm trying to do all of this. And in the meantime, I'm, I rush to get to whatever theater or venue I'm at. And I'm supposed to be like, okay, now improvise. Okay, what are the rules? Okay, 
Like I just finished doing a nine-hour shift, and now I'm supposed to Jeez. run to go do some a show, and then I'm supposed to connect with people, and then yeah. <laughs> and then I have to know if I'm doing the right thing. You know, especially at the beginning, you get off stage and you're like, "Did I yes and every offer that was given to me?" And that was kind of my thing. I'm so afraid to block people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "This is like something that I'm like, did I block someone? Did I accept every offer?" Because I used to think like, not used to think, I think that if someone blocks a lot, they're a bad person. Mm. So I would link those two to like, right. you, so usually negative. you you block somehow, I'm like, ew, that means that's how you are in life. You're just walking around blocking people. I mean, I, yeah. I do think that people's improvising styles is very linked to who they are. So if yeah. it usually, yeah. and, 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 and as, I, I don't know if it means they're a good or bad person, no, but I think, I know, but I think someone who blocks a lot is someone who's r- not willing to relinquish control in a scene. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see, right? It's like someone who really wants to drive the story and it's like, but you're not the only one in the scene. Like there's literally another person. How do you act in real life? Like, yes. And like, do you listen when you're having a conversation with somebody? Probably not. (laughs) Are you just waiting for what you should say next? Yeah, You're not even listening to what the person is saying. You're just like, I heard them say one thing and I know my response. Yeah. And here it is. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> Wait, come back like, for that. Ooh, I hope ooh, you I got to come back. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like we all do, we all do that a little bit here and there, but I but it, I especially with improv, I think you just have to have good like life skills. I <laughs> like yeah. in that, in that you I would say that responding to what just happened before. So even if you had, you're not an amazing this is why the best I've taught improv to adults. I've taught it to kids. And the best improvisers are kids. Because mm-hmm. even though they're having fun, but the reality is like they're here. They're like, we're having fun right now. So if yep. I'm playing a role where you're my mom, I'm never going to be like, you're not my mom. You're my dad. No, they've already established that. They've accepted mm-hmm. that rule. And they're going to play. It's like what you were talking about, about rules and stuff like that. Improv, I kind of see it as a you're in, in a buffet. And they're like, you, you can mm-hmm. eat whatever we want you want in here just make sure you put your plates back then you're like if you have that one rule and you play around that's what you're gonna do just fuck around touch whatever you want open drawers do whatever you want just at the end do this one thing so the one rule is stay here and you you both just you said you started in 2014 so that's your sixth anniversary recently we're at six and a half right now six and a half we celebrated six well, not in January this time because I was in the country, but we celebrated in February. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. That's so long. I love that. And you also, and correct me with the with how to describe this, but you were the only black female improv troupe in Canada, right? For a yes, long time. We're so or we can, still, still are. <laughs> we still are. That's wild. We are the only so couple of things. We are the yes. only black improv troupe. Yes. We are the only black women improv troupe. Mm-hmm. We're the only black women queer improv troupe. Yeah. So that's what like, the third I you never know. I never yeah. want to just be like, do I say that? Because I never want to like out people in case they don't like talking about oh, no. it. We so just, that's why we I was like, I'll let TV. them. We, we just out. did extra TV. We out. Oh, you did? We out. Okay, we great. Out. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Um, I saw your interview with Extra. It was so lovely and so charming as always. I like that because I did one right before you and they were like, yeah, we have Coco and Daphne coming in next week. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, so amazing. 
We out. Okay, good. Yeah. I always just get so nervous as to like who is like officially out and who's not. And I never want to like put that pressure on anyone Mm -hmm. to to feel that. I feel like you are probably such an inspiration for a lot of queer black women in this in this country, if not in honestly the whole North America, because I don't I also don't know in North America if there's I mean, you probably do. But if there's multiple troops that are in that. I think there are there are troops that have queer folks in there. Yes. But I don't know if there are an entirely queer troop. Right. I know that one of the times when actually we went to uh we went to Black and Funny, that was one of the things was there was a queer person who watched the scene because we did a queer scene, which mm-hmm. is like neither here nor there for us. We're like, okay, yeah. just life. And here we are. And uh and uh and yeah, like someone walked up to us after and was like, I have never seen that. That was that was very interesting because I still remember the person. And that was a person who, um, she was black. I mean, she's still black. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> she was black. She's no she longer. was. Uh, like we Michael don't know Jackson anymore. Did. But I thought <laughs> yeah, it was very <laughs> hard to, not hard because I had never heard that from anyone. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I don't know. We do improv because we do improv, right? I don't think about yeah. The scene, I don't think sometimes I'm gonna play it's gonna be I'm gonna play a man and it's gonna be a straight relationship. Sometimes I'm gonna play myself and it's gonna be like I don't I don't I don't have to explain it. I don't feel like explaining it. I don't think it has any no. to do anything to do with the scene. It's just whatever I feel like doing at the moment. And of this course. is where I that's how I move when I'm on stage. And then is I know it's the same thing for Coco. But hearing that from a black queer woman to say that not even in Canada, like we had to leave yeah. Canada, go all the way down to Minneapolis. Was Yeah, it was Minneapolis. Yeah, it was Minneapolis, Minneapolis. yeah. For, for her to say that, that scene, and I'm someone that once I'm done with a scene, I forget everything that I did on stage. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Because for me, this is like, um, this is something else. You could be yelling my name if I'm on stage. I don't think I'll be able to clock it because I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm big on having fun. And that yeah. moment, I don't see it. Like, the shows that I do with Coco, people will come up to me and or us and will say, oh, I remember that scene. And I'm like, I don't even remember anything because that's it's a different part of me. And having yeah. her still affected by it was mm-hmm. was wild. I'm like, I didn't yeah. even, I didn't even know it would affect someone. I don't even remember what the scene was. I don't remember yeah. what she said. I don't know. But that just for her to see a black and the way she did it, just seeing a black woman improviser is already a big thing. And I used mm-hmm, to yeah. a duo, two black women improvising together. And mm-hmm. then the, it's, for to know that it affected her that much. Yeah. Was, uh, I think those were the days that we started understanding. So Daphne and I very much subscribe to, like, I'll break this down. So on my personal, like, Instagram and Twitter and stuff, I have a quote mm-hmm. from Viola Davis that says, my authenticity is my rebellion. And in that, I think of that, like Coco and Daphne a lot, our stage presence is already the political statement. So like our presence is already the political statement. So I think a lot of times, especially early on when we would do improv, we were only thinking of what we wanted to do for fun. And we're like, okay, so what if we played this way? And what if we played this way? And like Daphne said, like when we're on stage, it's just us 
like we love everybody audience, but of we course. don't really see or hear you, right? <laughs> we're like just about us. We're just two friends and we're like, who, who are having a sleepover and we're like, who are the parents? We don't know. And I think those were the days that we started to understand that we were a political statement in itself. And so that's when I started to be like, Daphne, I think we are the only Black troop. Oh, Daphne, I think we're the only Black queer troop. Oh, Daphne, I think we're the only Black woman queer troop. And, wow. and, and starting to understand. And so we started to add on those qualifiers because mm-hmm. our early bios did not have anything about Blackness because we just operated under, we show up, you know we're Black, and that's how it's going to be. Of course. And what's very interesting is the political points that people take from our improv, like women being like, I didn't know I could do that. Queer yeah. women being like, I didn't know I could do that. Queer folk being like, I I didn't even know we can just play queer mm-hmm. so openly like that. And so those kind of things and then black folk being like, yo, I never seen this. So, so it was very interesting. Like it, it was through time and through touring that we started right. to be able to understand, um, how much of a political statement we actually were because we never really thought about it and we don't improvise um, with, and I don't want to say with that intention as if we're not political people, like we are, but we didn't improvise with the, like, for example, if you see blackout, which is a troupe from Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. they use an Armando style, like an altered um, Armando style. And they talk about, actual political things with an actual right. discussion and then improvise based off of that discussion. We don't do that. Like we'll talk about political things in improv yeah. in the way mm-hmm. that we think is funny. Like I know of scenes that Daphne and I have played where, you know, one of us played a white person and then the other person was like, <laughs> like black. And then, yeah. you know, Daphne being, I think Daphne played the white person. Daphne was like, so black lives matter. Are you sure? Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. we just play it like that, like of from course. a human level. So yeah. like Daphne said, it's been really interesting to slowly start finding the politics with, in your, yeah, with your art. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I mean, like you said, I, I, I think what I love too is that you do just do it because you love it and you're going out there and you're like, I, I am, because for me, I, labels for me, I'm like, I don't know if we need to label everything, even though I think it's important yeah. to speak on those things because it is important that you are a, a queer black woman doing this art form that that can inspire maybe younger folk or older people yeah. who haven't seen that before who go, oh, fuck, I can do that too as well because now I see that it's possible for me. And I think that's so important, but like... I, I think what I love is just going out and being like, like when I go out, I'm like, yeah, I'm Trish and I'm going to sing a, probably a song about being a lesbian or, or whatever. And, but that's just because I know it's going to be funny. But then when I do my improv, it's not always that, like you said, I'll play like yeah. a man or I'll play a, a, a really like femme, um, mm-hmm. Valley girl or whatever. And I think that to me is so important, but it is also so lovely when, when you see those people in those, people come up and speak to you who have never seen themselves on that stage, on a stage like that before in that art form and go, wow, I've never seen somebody speak to my truth before. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so important and it's so beautiful. Um, so you telling that story, I like had, go- I almost I was tearing up a little bit because it is so beautiful to hear. Mm-hmm. 
to hear those stories of, of people who are going, oh, wow, I've never seen myself yeah. up there and now I can. And it's insane to me that we haven't seen it and it needs to be yeah. seen more and we need to see it more. And mm -hmm. I think having you two as these incredible um, role models for people is we're very lucky, I think, in this community to have the two of you and what you're Gosh. doing. Um, and not only as improvisers, but as people, like, I just think you two are just so generous and so kind as humans and I am your friend. So maybe I am biased, but I don't think I am because, uh, <laughs> I just like, even just having conversation with you today, it just feels so lovely and warm and welcoming. And that's how I've always described the two of you. Um, especially like when talking about serious issues as well, like, I think you are both, people who just are just so open and kind and with, with your time and your energy. And I think that is very, um, I don't know what, how else to describe it, but incredible, uh, honestly. And, and right now you're both doing some incredible stuff too in the community. Um, I, I know with, especially with bad dog right now, Coco, <laughs> you, you have been brought into, um, a role that is uh, that mm -hmm. you have proven that you are the right person for the job. The things you are doing right oh, now with you. Bad Dog and Bad Dog Comedy TV, and we'll plug it throughout. The, we plugged it. Paloma and I talked about it on the last podcast, so it's going to be a double, <laughs> a double, <laughs> a double, double podcast, <laughs> double plug. But the the shows are so incredible right now, and you are the yeah. new artistic director of Bad Dog Comedy Theater, and to get that position right now in a time in a world where a huge revolution is happening, not only is it important, but you are doing such in, an incredible job. And I don't know if you could take a couple minutes to just speak to your work at Bad Dog right now and how Oof. it's affecting <laughs> you. Or like, Because I know it's a lot of work. You're doing a lot of work. So it, it, is, it, it is a lot of work. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much for that intro. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you to Paloma as well for speaking on it um, <laughs> on your last episode. Um, so, hi, Paloma. Um, so, Bad Dog TV is kind of cool because I I got the I got the Bad Dog job uh, like meaning I started two mm -hmm. weeks prior to pandemic shutdown. Yeah. So to be fair to Bad Dog, because a lot of people are now hiring, but <laughs> I was actually, I went into the building before it started burning. Yes, of course, <laughs> just, absolutely. And, and you, would, just, you had been, you had also been the associate artistic yes, director before been that with Julie, and I'd right? I've been apprentice as well. Yeah, yes. so that, that was also an incredible experience. Um, so yeah, so when I started, it, it just, um, it was pandemic and I was just like, well, gotta gotta just improvise and keep it going and when mm -hmm. we started bad dog comedy tv it was just like one or two shows i was like oh i think these would be good to watch mm -hmm. online and as an artist myself i didn't want like us to just not produce any type of artistic content for a while mm -hmm. like that just felt really disheartening and so it was thinking about how to transition from the live in-person world to the digital world. And like, for example, hookup online is, is online. It's online based. It's COVID based. Like people, <laughs> you play hookups, so you know, like, yes, I know. Yes. You know, and then the oval is well, the oval. And then, and then from there, I was just like, okay, well, what else can we do? Cause it felt like that buffet. It felt like that yeah. buffet that Daphne speaks of. And 
So for me, it really became about expanding to uh, include and add voices that I think we just don't give a platform to Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And it was about talking to people such as Daphne. Daphne is like, like never have I ever was literally Mm -hmm. Daphne wanted to do a smoke session and (laughs) calling me and being like, yo, you want to join this whole smoke session? I was like, what are you doing? She goes, never have I ever. And then I was like, it sounds like a show. She goes, it's not a show. And I was like, it sounds like a show. And she's like, it's not a show. It's just, we're just going to chill. I was like, okay. Then I asked her how it went. And then I was like, yeah, so I'm going to turn this into a show now. (laughs) She was like, like, what? I was like, yeah, like, I think this is going to be a show. I think this is a show. And she's like, is it a show? What? And, And so a lot of the shows came to be that exact way. Is me watching the person online doing whatever they were doing in their own space mm-hmm. and just being like, I think this is a show. And they're yeah. like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, we're going to turn this in. Like mm-hmm. Ayaka, I was like, let's, let's do a show. Oh. Um, and it's been such a joy because one of the rules that I have, and I say this to everybody is please stay yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Don't sanitize it for what you think is funny. Just be yourself. So what's really lovely to see is like, the non-traditional improvised show. So we have two that are traditionally improvised, which is The Oval and Hookup. And those have ensembles. And then the rest of the shows are people being comedians in their own, like, you know what I mean? Space with a structure. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it was just, it's just been such a joy to see folks like Ayaka, Ophira, you know, Daphne, AJ yes. have platforms to just have content. Um, so that's and the content really, really, is so good. Like I have so watched, good. I think the only one I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it is Ophira's sleepover show or is it slumber party? party? Slumber so party. Sorry. Yeah. Slumber party. But I've watched all of the other ones and they're just like, there are shows just for everyone who's listening. There are shows at four 30 at eight, Nine Some, or nine at nine yeah, at nine o'clock nine. and and mm. throughout the week and you can go to Bad Dog Comedy TV on YouTube and they are th- like I watched Ayaka's Kitchen yesterday and it was such a joy to watch I was like this should be a like this should always be a show mm-hmm. this yes. is a cooking show yes yes this is a funny it, cooking show just, and and it is improvised in the sense that like so what we did was like we started playing with the word improv improv mm-hmm. what does it mean to improvise does it mm-hmm. have to be just scenes. Or can it be like, you know, like, for example, Daphne's Never Have I Ever. It's not scripted. It's still no. unscripted. Like, the conversations yes. are, are just <laughs> unscripted. Um, and there's a, there's a loose structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ayaka's show is so lovely because she was like, I want to do a cooking show. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. If she was like, I want to do a cleaning show. I was like, I'm down. Let's just let's I'll watch you it. clean. Let's. I'm into <laughs> it. What do you want to do? You want to fold socks? I'm into it, Ayaka. Yeah. And so Ayaka's show is her talking to another comedian, them going through their cultural roots, bringing an ingredient that Ayaka has never had tasted or seen and in, and putting that into a sushi form. So it's it's oh, wow. like a cultural melding kind of show, but yeah. through food. Yeah. And which I understand um, because I'm part Asian. So I know that food is a very community based mm-hmm. thing and it's a love sharing based thing. So seeing that, I was like, yeah, 
like we're doing. And then yesterday she did it with Jan Caruana and they had four cameras. What? I know. That's what I mean. That's what I was watching. I was like, you got four cameras. And I was like, it's so smart. Yeah. Because so you usually, can watch their hands while they cook. So you see their hands and they're cooking and then yeah. you can see them, which yes. is so smart. And, and Jen Caruana is special because Jen Caruana is also a cook herself. Mm-hmm. And Two so little sandwiches. They, they threw me into a loop because I didn't know this was happening. I was just like, can we ask Jan Caruana? Ayaka's like, yes. And the next thing you know, I turn on the show while also watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. And I see... Of course. I see Jan is also in the kitchen. I was like, what's going on? So they both made the sushi and they both had the Malta octopus meal. Yeah. And they both made the sushi. And I was like, wow. It was incredible. I was, yeah. I, uh, there was a secret part of me that, because I love cooking, I was like, I want to be on the show with Ayaka and cook something. Oh my God. Fun. I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'm going to put your name on the list. We have Please. like a list. Of all the shows, like all the shows have a list of people that are like, I want to be on that show. Yes. 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 So, so anyway, it's just, it's just been really, really uh, fun to do this. And it's like, I always go back to like what Daphne says, like, it's just a buffet. I want to see the buffet. I want to taste everything. Um, And it's been an incredible privilege to be trusted by the comedians, you know, to have that to include them in the space. And, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that as if they were excluded, but in, in reality, a lot of voices were excluded in other of platforms. Course. They were one of an Absolutely, ensemble. Yeah. Whereas I feel so privileged to have people like Ayaka, Daphne, AJ, mm-hmm. B, be like, okay, I will lead the show on this platform and we will do it in this way. And just that, that conversation of what art, art and community and, um, diversity and by diversity I mean like cultural diversity Mm -hmm. what it can look like um yeah so it's been an incredible privilege like to be trusted and watching that Mm -hmm. it's it tears me up every time I think of it like when I watch Daphne's show and she gets to be I know she's right there but you know watching (laughs) Daphne's show and seeing because Daphne talks a lot about when she was a kid she didn't really get to like you know, play make-believe in the makeup world. And then you watch Never Have I Ever. She goes all out with the makeup and the wings and the glitter. And you're like, you're like, yeah, I love that she, there's a space that she gets to just be that person Mm -hmm. for an hour. Yeah, so it's that show, That show too, Never Have I Ever, which I'm on, well, uh, today's the 14th, so I'm on this Friday, and I'm very excited. Yeah. This will come out after, so maybe in my intro after after mm-hmm. for the next week's podcast, I'll talk about it a bit in the intro of this show. But <laughs> I'm so excited because that show is so charming. It is charming, and it is funny. And like you said, it's, it's not script. There's a structure, absolutely, because anything we do needs to have some sort of a structure yeah. in this art form. But to watch people just talk about genuine never have I ever's and in this like very wonderfully like I said again warm and just inviting space I've watched it several times now and it's just such a joy and you are such a wonderful host Daphne and you like you are so just charming you're charming you're full of charms yeah and it is someone actually messaged me today and said and after they were watching the god yeah stuff and yeah. said I love Daphne's vibe I just want someone like that in my life <laughs> but we do everyone needs everyone needs it and I was like okay first of all 
Daphne is mine. It is Coco <laughs> and Daphne. Go get your own Daphne. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She doesn't belong to me. <laughs> but you did you, you did take a leave of absence. You took a leave of absence. So, I mean. I did take a leave of absence. But I came back. She came, came back. You, you know? came back. I was it was just back. a leave. She hasn't left since, so that's good. Yeah, I did come back. It's, it's just so funny, and I think I think one of the things that really went into thinking while curating the lineup is mm-hmm. a frustration that I had with a lot of in, um, inclusion and diversity initiatives from other spaces, which was I really felt like they just wanted our bodies on stage, but not our stories, mm-hmm. and that really frustrated me because I was like what is the point of me being here if you just mm-hmm. want me to be a Black version of you? That's, yep. not, that's not what diversity and inclusion means in the way that you want it to mean. Like, mm-hmm. it, just, it just felt so... It's like you feel like you're filling a, filling a quota of some kind. Mm-hmm. Being yes. Like, well, I, I guess because I'm up here, I speak for every single queer person, but I yes, don't. Yes. We're all different. And it, just, and it feels like it made me feel from like when I still audition for comedy spaces, it made me feel so like disheartened. And I really felt like a monkey in a circus. Like I, the last kind of diversity audition that I did was, was in 2014. That's how I felt. And I vowed to myself, I would never do that again. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why, like even a show, a show that I directed like playlists, mm-hmm. I always say the diversity lives in the music. We're not going to, we're not going to do an Armando where we're going to talk about the music and be like, well, this story reminds me of, it's just your song choice will show. And diversity doesn't always mean like bodies, you know, it could be life experience and voice. Mm -hmm. Like seeing Ken Hall be like, yeah, so Led Zeppelin is my song choice. We were like, what? (laughs) And then Rob Baker's like, so De La Soul is my song choice? And you're like, like, what? Okay, cool. I'm like, oh, okay. Rob Baker, where you been? What's going on here? <laughs> What's your deal, man? What's that? But that's the thing is like the playlist will come on. A hip hop song will come on. Mm-hmm. We'll all look at Daphne and me. And I was like, nah, that song is Rob Baker's. <laughs> I learned about it a and lot for of people for- to bring that show yeah, I was gonna say for people. I was gonna say for people who don't know who Rob Baker is, he is a a, a white six foot something uh, man in his. Yeah. I I think early forties. Yeah, he's a, yeah, like, like like all white hair, but all he's white like, hair, kind of like but like Steve Martin. He's had the white hair for a really long time. Yes, yes. and looks good with the white like hair. This, he's like this kind of like goofy, charming, lovely person. And every week he played the playlist, he would submit, because I was the only one who knew all the songs, because mm-hmm. we never discussed who the songs were. And part of the, the show is guessing whose song is what. And he always submitted like a hip hop song. And I think one time he submitted, I'll be sure. And I was like, what? And Loves it was it. just so funny. Like, and then AJ, AJ, mm-hmm. who is black and queer, would submit like Radiohead <laughs> and Bjork. Like, you know, like, music is universal and we all and love the thing, different types. Right? Yeah. And, that's the, and that's the thing is the diversity and our tastes live in the choices that we make. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to live in our physical embodiment. Yes. And, in, and I know that in some it does. And that's not to discredit what our physical, of course. like us occupying physical space means. Like I said, me and Daphne, 
as a troop, we show up, we are already political without even starting that mm-hmm. conversation. But yeah, so it's just, so anyway, all those shows, like even with Never Have I Ever, it's like you hear the diversity in the stories. Like hearing about yeah. Paloma stealing her car, her mom's <laughs> car, and then her mom being in the chat, in being the like, chat. you're grounded. <laughs> I know. That was, very, that was very touching to see that people who are not in the community, I had friends who are not comedians who watched the show, mm-hmm. who were into it, right? They were like, yeah. oh, I know that drinking game. And uh, and now let, let's see what it looks like when you're actually, and even if they don't know the guest and they just know me mm-hmm. or they just know one guest and they were interested to see it. And I want to peel back to what Coco said, like, like when you said, it's not just in our physicality, it's just because that's not all we are, right? Like, yeah. That's the thing. And I think sometimes people get it confused where Coco and I are both black, but we're very different, mm-hmm. right? Of so course. I don't want to be... A, Yes, I'm black, but I'm uh, I'm other things too. I like other stuff. I do so. If you if people could just accept, if we talk a little bit more about the, I don't want to say the complexity. I don't know the word. The complexity. Yeah, everything that makes you. It's not just. I'm not just a black woman walking around. I am. I'm not gonna take that away, and I like being that. And this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not just that. And when you let me tell you everything that I am, and if you chance to say to tell you everything that I am then yeah you'll know that I have clouds on my ceiling and I yeah. love your clouds <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So. and you'll know that I'm mostly Asian actually <laughs> yes <laughs> and both of your friends like the way Coco moves yes. is very Asian I don't <laughs> how Coco moves. well that's that's the thing is like I am black I'm a black woman, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a black Asian woman. So it's, 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 well, you know, I did a whole show about it, but that's a whole thing. Yes, and you did. And it's like, I am very Asian in my cultural being. Like if mm-hmm. I can show you my house, you would see it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's, yep. and it's, and it's disheartening to one of the things that was always difficult. And I think I can speak for both Daphne and I is you know, doing those kind of auditions and mm-hmm. people demanding that you only show blackness and to and what they think blackness is, like and it's the same thing, and, and it's the same thing mm-hmm. with queerness. It's like, yep. oh, show us what be be gay, be gay, be, show us but all your gay, to, show us all your gay. But it has to be the gay that we think it is. Otherwise, it's not really gay, gay. <laughs> right? Thought- and yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's not how it works. So how it works? How multifaceted. They're, they're very, oh, sorry, Coco, will you? Well, I was just saying that one of the things that's really difficult is we don't get, and I think the world is changing and it's we're shifting, is we don't get to be multidimensional people. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair because mm-hmm. we are multidimensional and we're multifaceted. And being gay can be very many different things. Like yes, we're all can. very gay, but it mm-hmm. comes out differently. Like you know of what I mean? course. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. And that is something that hopefully folks start to who didn't realize that that was a thing are now starting to pay attention to that and be like, oh, I guess I've been putting these type of marginalized people in the same box when really we all have our own boxes and we're all that are That's filled right. with our own different um skills and personalities and likes and dislikes and things that we've experienced in our lives are different. Like our childhoods are different. Every, everything Mm -hmm. about people is our individual. Um, 
And I think that that is such an important thing to recognize and to remember, especially for people who are trying to put us all in the same category is yeah. for the, is to be like, oh, you know, C Coco, Daphne and Trisha are all gay. That must mean that they're the same. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, actually, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> We're all like very different. Of, like for uh, black people, that's something I saw when I moved here and started to improvise their version of the way they think black people are. It's not even black Canadian or black mm -hmm. women. It's African, like people from the States. So African-Americans, African yeah. Talk and I'm a, I'm a Francophone. I'm from Montreal. I'm not even, like, I'm not even... <laughs> I don't even get to the English level of black. Like I'm, I'm the black, <laughs> I'm like French Caribbean. We're not even in this area. So for them, their version of black is the black that I saw in those black American TV show. Or, right. So it's black American. So I can't even be that type of black. Like I have, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? In their way, it's like, if you're black, you're not even African, you're not Afro-Canadian uh, black or French Caribbean. No, you're just, Black from the Black American shows I've seen. So it's like you're American Black and that's it, which is mm -hmm, very, yeah. very frustrating because they want yeah. I, I don't want to be whatever you saw on The Wire. And I'm not. Yeah. And I'm neither. <laughs> I'm not Caribbean <laughs> Black and I'm not like African American. Like, right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they, it just feel, feels like a lot. They want our bodies, but they don't want our stories. Of they, course. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I agree. Now, can I do a quick little lightning round cue with yes. you two sweet babes uh, where we're just going to I haven't named it yet. I've, I've been trying to name it for the last three. This is the third podcast that I've done and I still can't think of a name. So I'm just I just call it quick cues. I like it. I like that. <laughs> quick I like cues that. is what the name yeah, is this cues. week. So like I'm just going to ask you a number of questions and we're going to answer them as quickly as we can. Uh, does that sound good? Is there like yeah. a ring? Or we just raise our hand or just answer. I, I try to. I, I'll. I'll. I try to keep it under three minutes, but we usually just end up answering all the questions anyway. Okay. <laughs> I right. want to know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rules. I'm just making up fun shit as I go. <laughs> yeah. No, just okay. Do, just do you. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the first one. You can answer as you wish. But what is your biggest party fail? Party what? Oh my god. Party fail. Oh my god. I think I talked about that on Never Have I Ever. Is when I ended up sleeping on the floor at Franz because oh. I was so fucked up <laughs> in the bathroom floor, in the bathroom floor. I think one of my biggest party fell, and I have a lot of fell, but when we, Coco and I traveled for the first time to DCIM in New York and- mm -hmm. DCM. Uh, DCM. What did I say? DCIM. DCIM. Uh, I don't know what I came from. Okay. <laughs> With so much energy, DCIM. I don't know what that is. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. I was like, yeah. oh, and uh, we were at a party and it was at the end of the party and the DJ was, all right, the DJ was there and I, when I party, I, I take a lot of space. Like I, my arms, if I'm having fun and I'm in New York, it's my first time traveling to perform. And at the end, it was the last uh, song. I was dancing next to the DJ and then I went like this and I flipped his laptop. And it went like this, and it fell on the floor. <laughs> and think about this is the first night at DCM. If people who don't know DCM, it's 72 hours of improv. So all yes. the improvisers all over the world yes. show up. And 
This is the yeah. Del Del Close Marathon, right? Del, yeah. Del Close Marathon, yeah. yeah. And it was this party in a ten thousand square foot space. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I shut down the party, and the next day, the the DJ put like a rope around. Yeah, they had velvet. Next day we showed up, there were velvet ropes around the DJ. They're like, nope. Not, uh, not if this, not if this woman's gonna be around. It was funny because. Cause, cause it's like, but you know what? In retrospect, I feel like your subconscious did it. Cause I'm pretty sure it was an R. Kelly song. It was, it was Fiesta R. Kelly. Yeah. And, and it, Daphne was dancing and all of a sudden you just hear. And everybody went, whoa, what's happening? And then Daphne's like. <laughs> and I just, I'm very clumsy, but I did, I couldn't believe that I brought this clumsiness all the way down to the stage. I thought it was something I would leave back home. I was like, you did that. I was really, I was like, you did that, Daphne. You couldn't. <laughs> I, never, I love that story so much. It's one so of my favorite funny. stories. Because I, I remember I was, I was thinking, like, how much money does an American, I was thinking of an American laptop. <laughs> That's what I was well, yeah. It'll be cheaper than a Canadian my laptop. My mind was just like, this is my first time traveling to perform. Uh, it was a mess. I, this was, I just also love, I couldn't believe I brought my clumsiness all the way yes. to the stage. So this, I was like, you did that, Daphne. You, you could have left us at home. Nope. All the way down. <laughs> left it at the border. Nope. Yeah, nope. It, it, came, it came all the way. Okay. Uh, Coco, one word to descri- describe Daphne. Ooh. Um, <laughs> childlike. <laughs> <laughs> he is very sweet. Yeah, just like <laughs> lovely and sweet and so innocent in so many ways, but also so mischievous and mm-hmm. just childlike. <laughs> Right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Daphne, one word to describe Coco. I would say <laughs> um I, I don't know if this is a word, very caring and in a mother mm-hmm. way, uh very generous, mm-hmm. very, very, very given, very given, very organized. Just a few so words. So many words. <laughs> Just a few words. Do I get a Just few a words? Few. Well, I you did few. also do a few words. I was you like, did a few words. Child, like mischievous. <laughs> Um, listen at all which to is, instructions. Which <laughs> like, is really funny that you that Coco described you as a childish and mischievous, and you described Coco as like having a mother like um, figure. <laughs> <laughs> we see the dynamics. Yeah, so, yeah, Coco and Daphne is just a mother daughter combo, actually. Yeah. <laughs> also, both of us didn't listen to the rule. We just kept going with words. Like, yeah, I yeah. loved it. Hey, that there are no rules. There are no yeah. rules. Uh, okay amazing okay and final question the party is ending and everyone is leaving and going home after having a really nice time how do you want people to remember you after the party you know at the party i can only think of how i think people will remember daphne (laughs) okay because i know daphne will be like bye everyone and everybody's like oh bye Daphne and then she just trips yeah she just trips or something (laughs) or she goes and then realizes she forgot something and comes back and then people are like I thought you left she's like yeah I forgot yeah and I get caught up in another conversation Um, I think Coco the way they would remember Coco they would be they would come to me and they'd be like is Coco upset is Coco having fun I haven't seen Coco didn't smile at all and I'm like, oh yeah, that's just a neutral face. And I'm like, is Coco having fun? That's how I think that we remember. Yeah, and that so, is that is probably yeah. I think I operate more of a bit as a mysterious enigma. Yes, and Daphne operates more as a joyous, like 
you know, clumsy kind of joyous person. Yeah, that's very, that describes us. <laughs> I think that's how good. We would I think that describes parties. both yeah. of you. Yeah. Yeah, and it describes how we would leave parties. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, so Trisha, we didn't listen to the rule of the question. We I talked about the other person. It's a, I don't know how they remember me, but they'll remember Coco that way. Or I don't know. But it's true. Because the minute Trisha said it, I could just picture how you leave parties. I was like, oh, this is how Daphne leaves parties. And I love Um, that. I love that you both know each other so well (laughs) that you can identify those things in each other's. And like I said, these are just fun, quick cues and there are no rules to anything on this show. I just Fair okay enough. as we wind down this pod I just want to say what a joy and what a pleasure it has been to have you on and I am so grateful that you decided to do this show um talking with you is always just such a joy I, I feel like I'll just say joy a thousand times because that is how what I'm feeling right now honestly um and I just want to ask because I've been asking a lot of people what uh, if there are any causes that you you would like to shout out that you think people could um take a look at and read about if they don't have the means to donate maybe they can just see what they've got going on in the community or if they want to volunteer their time things like that yeah I think for me specifically I want to just really highlight black trans lives matter mm-hmm. um so I don't have a particular charity that I'm no, going great. to speak of but I think that this is an issue black trans women are being killed at mm-hmm. a disproportionate disproportionate level and I think it's a matter that we really and if you're for Black Lives Matter then you're for all Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. um and so I think Black Trans Lives Matter really require our attention and our care um as well as you know Black disabled lives as well Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what I think amazing I agree yes Daph I agree to all I don't have any charity but just read about stuff yeah <laughs> just Please. just no I mean I think there's so much things I, I I don't spend a lot of time on social media but I mm-hmm. think there is like what Coco said if you can't say that you're you are for Black Lives Matter if you're not about if you're not going to support what's happening to the trans community yes. or people with disability and just reaching back right it's like what mm-hmm. we talk about uh you're um being oppressed and being marginalized you have your privilege reach back, see what's going on in the back, whatever it is. Like, I can't tell you just, I I don't know what they are. It's not, I'm trying to mean, there's so much, but see if you are helping, are you aware of stuff? Just be aware of what you could do Mm -hmm. of your privilege and how you move. Just check with yourself a little bit more. I don't know. No, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Check yourself before you wreck yourself is what Daphne said. Check yourself. There you go. Check yourself. Yes, get that in there. And where can we find you? Find I don't know where my East Coast accent came out for a second. Uh, where can we? Where can people find you to follow you on on social meds? Um, as Coco and Daphne, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. C O K O A N D Daphne D A P H N E Y. Don't forget the Y. Don't forget uh, it. As Coco, you can find me Coco Galore C O K O G A L O R E on Instagram, Twitter. Or uh, Facebook, and then Daphne. Uh, you can find Daphne Joe on Facebook and Daphne Joseph on Instagram. And I have another Instagram account where I post all my little arts and crafts, and it's Daphne with a Y. Yes. I love your arts and crafts. I, I, I've been watching the videos that you've been making. The little Fruit Loops bowl one was so yeah. cute. Oh my God, so, so You're cute. so talented. And I also just love we were on a, 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 a Zoom call, not like recently where you were just sitting and doing your crafts while we were all hanging out. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was so wonderful. And I think that comes back to uh, Coco's word for you. Very innocent and very sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness i love it well thank you so much you two for yeah. being here i thank just you for adore having you. us thank always you. please come back anytime you like because uh, chatting with you both is just a joy Michelle, and we'll make you are oh, and i just want to say you are such a lovely person i only have great things to say about you since i met you you're so talented and it's i'm very- always so kind Always so kind. But very real too. You're you're not fake. Your energy's all been real. You are on stage a fucking beast. You killed it every time I see you. So I'm happy to have met you. Like you're definitely one of the improviser and just comedian or actor that I know that I'm like you you She's a real one. That's you're really, a real one. You're, you're definitely Ooh. a real one. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. we're almotional. No, that we all definitely- love each other. Daphne also says that about Khaleesi. She's a real one. <laughs> She's a real one. So I'm up there with Khaleesi. Khaleesi so yeah. shit. Oh, man. Yeah, you're up there with Khaleesi, just so you know that. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you both so yeah, much for being great. here. I really appreciate it. I love you. And we'll have you on again soon. Mwah. Mwah. Um, yay. Coco and Daphne, everybody. Oh, what a delight. They're just so sweet. And they're honestly just succeeding so much right now in the comedy world uh, and the comedy community and I am so proud of them as my friends uh, I'm proud of, to have them as my friends uh, and I I had a true blast so thank you so much Coco and Daphne for uh, being a guest on the podcast if you want to follow uh, Coco and Daphne on social media you should uh, and you can follow them at, at Coco and Daphne uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Daphne, Daphne One Joseph, or Daphne with a Y on Instagram. Or you can follow Coco at Coco. Coco sorry, you can follow Coco Delore. That's an equally cool name, but not as cool as Coco Galore. You can follow at Coco Galore uh, for her social commentary, which is del- is wonderful, and she's killing the game. Uh, and if you want to watch Daphne's Never Have I Ever or any of the incredible lineup that is happening. Happening on Bad Dog Comedy TV. Go to YouTube and search Bad Dog Comedy TV and it will come right up for you. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at it's underscore Trisha Black or uh, on my website, www.itstrishablack.com. The podcast is on Instagram at One More Round Podcast. Uh, give us a check out there if you want to watch the visual pod to see everyone's reactions. Uh, you can watch that on YouTube if you just search up Trisha Black or One More Round with Trisha Black, the actual title of the podcast. You'll be able to find it. Uh, and like I said, Sunday, July 26th, we're going to have our first live on YouTube, on my YouTube account. I will add a link in the description on YouTube as well as on the uh, podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, uh, or anywhere you find your pods. Uh, so that first live show is going to be Sunday, July 26th. I think I've said that a million times. Uh, with OG guest, Mr. Tom Hearn. And we're talking everything uh, Britney Spears. So make sure you watch Crossroads because that's probably what we're going to be talking a lot about. I'm going to watch Crossroads this week, so you should as well. And we're also going to talk about hashtag free Britney 2020, because Britney needs to be freed. Let that girl out. We love you, Britney. We want you to be safe and happy, please. 
and next week, my guest is the wonderful, the lovely, the fabulous entertainer, Visa Decline. We laugh, we cheer, we talk about who inspired us comedically. Uh, we talk a lot of uh, reality TV. We talk music. We talk it all, and it is going to be a blast. Tune in next Wednesday for that. Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in. It is greatly appreciated. If you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button to stay up to date or leave us a rating or a review because that's how we uh, we let people know that the pod's fun. And if you don't like the pod, tell your enemies. <laughs> and, of course, no kitchen party is complete without a rousing musical number. And today we have a special one. It is an old uh, <laughs> recording live from my old band, The Haunted Lovers. We had a blast this song. Song's called Christy. Uh, thank you so much. This has been one more round with me, Trisha Black. We'll see you next week or Sunday if you tune into the live. Did I tell you we're doing something live? <laughs> see you soon. Oh, Christy, you came by surprise on that night we met back in July. Oh, Cause it's time